Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about canola production in Canada. Up first in today's country comment, Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl will join us to talk about the labor shortage, the latest farm news and market numbers, all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl to talk about the labor shortage. It's something that's facing all of agriculture and, and that uh, difficulty to, to fill, uh, fill spots. In the, in the last year, for example, uh, overall in, in agriculture, the uh, Canadian Agriculture Human Resources Council found that over 40% of of operations didn't have the staff that they were they were looking for in in the the pork sector. In fact, that was higher, um, and it was it was over over fifty percent. So that is is really becoming the availability of staff, the availability of labor is is something that's that's really becoming a, a bottleneck to growth, um, and uh, it's it's something that that collectively we need to we need to address in in agriculture uh, we need to address here in Manitoba if uh, if we're going to to see the the industry grow and expand what are the root causes of the shortage well i i think you know we're we're seeing rural manitoba shrink um uh, as uh, you know our our towns are are getting a little bit smaller and and there are are fewer farmers and there are are fewer Fewer kids, uh, farm kids, sticking around at home to uh, to carry on the business. So that's part of part of the uh, the cause. And then it's it's also you know hard to to convince uh, urban Manitobans that uh, agriculture is is uh, it's more than just a job. It's a career, and uh, you know it's it's a career that's that's technical. Uh, on the cutting edge of, of genetics or, or feed nutrition, animal health and animal science, uh, you know, international marketing, uh, agriculture really presents a, a, a wealth of opportunity for, for someone looking to, to build and develop a diverse career. But that's not, that's not a message that, uh, that we've, we've told well enough. Uh, we need to do a better job of, of attracting uh, attracting Canadians into into agriculture, so those are are a couple of of areas where we need to to work on, um, and and we also do need to to ensure that we have we have access to to new Canadians, um, you know, new Canadians coming into work in agriculture have have uh, really benefited Manitoba in, in a in a big way, um, and we need to ensure that that that's something that isn't isn't full of of red tape and and delays. You also talk about how the availability of skilled labor it extends beyond the farm gate. It also includes uh, specialists. Absolutely, um, you know whether it's it's uh, veterinarians, uh, you know veterinarians that are are specializing in, in large animals and in, in agriculture animals is is there's a shortage. There's a shortage in in the uh, technical support staff that uh, that they need to to run their operations. Um, and uh, you know a, a shortage of 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 uh, again skilled uh, people that are are willing to work in in rural Manitoba. So so these are again things we need to address uh, by you know attracting Canadians into into these these fields, but as well to to help 
expedite the uh, the accreditation of of uh, veterinarians that have been trained in in other countries and and meet our qualifications um that uh, that can come into to Manitoba and and fill those needs uh, especially in in rural areas and and with uh, large animal practices there's a significant shortage and i guess just to kind of wrap things up what uh, can be done i think a number of things that we need to need to focus on one is again telling that story to attract canadians that uh, uh, this isn't this isn't just a short term job that agriculture is a career uh, we need to reach out to uh to Groups that might not be well represented in, in agriculture today, um, and uh, you know maybe that that means we'll have to adjust some of our business practices to uh, to ensure you know there's childcare, uh, uh, flexible work hours, those kinds of things, and and then to to help expedite the uh, the ability of of agriculture and, and farm operations to to access skilled uh, skilled employment that uh, is is coming in from outside the country so uh, you know increase the access for canadians um, reduce the red tape for uh, for uh, foreign labor coming in um, and again to ensure that that all parts of of the industry have access to that that skills development and training um, again agriculture isn't just uh, isn't just a job anymore it's a career uh, and we need to have the uh, the uh, facilities in place to, to provide that, that training and education. That was Cam Dahl. He's the general manager for Manitoba Pork. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The union that represents workers at the Cargill Beef Plant in High River, Alberta, is recommending its members vote in favor of a new contract offer as the strike deadline looms. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union calls the proposed deal from Cargill a dramatic improvement from an offer that members rejected last month. The union says the new contract would significantly improve Cargill workers' lives and, if ratified, would be the best food processing contract in Canada. The vote on the offer starts today and will run until Saturday. More than 2,000 people work at the High River plant, which processes 35% of Canada's beef production. Forward hog contract prices have come under a bit of pressure but still represent really good value for the first half of 2022. That from Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing Services. We're looking at average hog values that are, you know, that are just shy of $200 a pig on average from the 1st of January to the end of July. So it's really kind of an unprecedented opportunity to, uh, to be able to secure a price at that level at this time of year. Fulton notes cash prices are coming under pressure as they typically do for this time of year. The Canada and Manitoba governments have announced details of a herd management drought assistance program under Agra Recovery. The program will help help livestock producers offset the costs associated with replacing breeding animals called due to shortages of winter feed. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. It's great to see the program announced that uh, the provincial government had referenced a number of months ago as it's an important uh, important step in trying to recover from this disastrous drought. As we saw in the summer, a lot of producers were really forced to downsize their operations, um, either by a small percentage or by a huge percentage. Application is a two-step process, which starts with producers submitting their pre-drought and drought-affected inventories of breeding females. Forms will be available in January. And Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers Program promotes excellence in agriculture. Producers are nominated within the seven regions, with the finalists moving on to compete for the national title, which will be handed out Friday night in Saskatoon. 
Here's program manager Carla Kading. We focus on producers that are the up-and-coming movers and shakers in the egg industry. So it's anybody that's 18 to 39 that will be competing. They derive two-thirds of their income from their farm, and they are the managers or the decision-makers of the operation. Manitoba's finalists are Andre and Katie Stepler from Miami. Andre oversees the cattle division of Stepler Farms, a multi-generational farm. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, December 2nd. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll talk about canola production in Canada. Canola Week wraps up today. One of the presenters this week was Chris Vervet with the Canadian Oilseed Processors Association. I'm happy to present to Canola Week again this year. Um, and to speak to everyone about canola processing expansion in Canada and some of the investment drivers and opportunities um, that we see coming our way over the next four to five years as it relates to expanded crush and opportunities for the canola value chain. I think many um, are aware of the expansion announcements that took place uh, earlier in 2021 and um, it's really been an unprecedented um, suite of announcements with regards to expanded crush this year. As you can see on the map, the investments are centered in Saskatchewan and we have expansions uh, announced by Richardson's in Yorkton. We have new builds in Regina by Cargill and Viterra. And then we also have a new player with regards to potential crush in Canada with Series Global and their announcement in Northgate, Saskatchewan. Combined, these four companies' investments uh, total roughly $2 billion. Um, and I'll unpack some of the other opportunities uh, that are related to this expanded crush in subsequent slides. The next slide uh, talks about the canola production and crush that has occurred over the last number of years. And of course, where we see the crush uh, projected going out to 2025. So as you can see from the slide, uh, there has been strong growth in the canola value chain over the last 20 years, whether it's on crush capacity, actual crush volumes, and of course, canola production. So in 2020, uh, the capacity for crush was approximately 11 million metric tons a year. Um, and what was actually processed or crushed in 2020 was 10.3 million metric tons. In 2020, we had nearly 19 million metric tons of canola production. So when you look at crush relative to canola production in 2020, it was about 57% of total production. So uh, more than half of what is grown in Canada is processed in Canada. By 2025, uh, based on the announcements that were made for expanded crush um, earlier this year, we see capacity growing to 16.7 million metric tons. So that's a 5.7 million metric ton increase from the current crush capacity, representing a 50% increase in crush uh, from where we currently stand. Um, if we assume that the processing facilities can operate at approximately 90% of capacity, we would peg actual crush volumes by 2025 at roughly 15 million metric tons. 
We do hope and we have confidence in the canola industry's ability to produce more canola. We, of course, as a value chain, have a target of 26 million metric tons of canola production by 2025. And when, if we see that production come to fruition and we see the crush expansion come to fruition, the amount or the percentage of crush uh, by 2025 would be 58%. So what I'm trying to explain here is that although we see a large amount of crush expansion, as long as we do continue to see the production of canola increase as well in this country, we still are roughly processing approximately half of all of the canola that is grown in this country. So essentially, crush expansion aligns with the value chain and the Canola Council's goals out to 2025. That was Chris Vervet with the Canadian Oilseed Processors Association. Saskatchewan Agriculture is hosting their annual agronomy research update this week. One of the presentations featured Mike Hall and some of the research he's been involved in looking at the impact variety selection could have on the nitrogen management of malt barley. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler has been sitting in on the webinars this week. Mike Hall is with the East Central Research Foundation in Saskatchewan. In his presentation, he talked about a multi-site research project that looked at whether some of the newer malt barley varieties, which are higher yielding, require more nitrogen than an old variety such as AC Metcalf, and if so, should we be fertilizing these varieties with more nitrogen? The project was conducted at five agri-arm sites around the province in 2020 and in 2021. He noted that in 2021, during the drought, they really didn't have any response to any of the varieties when it came to added nitrogen. It was just too dry and yields were very low. And because of the drought, our proteins were just through the roof. The molsters they really are looking for proteins between 10 and 13, and 13 is pretty high for, for some of them. And, um, you know, when we put no nitrogen down whatsoever, just the soil background soil nitrogen at 70 pounds per acre was throwing proteins through the roof. We're between 13 and 15% here. The part that's interesting here is, you know, here the blue, which is uh, Metcalf, even though we really didn't see any yield differences between any of the varieties, Metcalf, which is normally a low-yielding variety, still has really high protein compared to AAC Synergy, which is normally a high-yielding variety. So we got these protein differences, even though we didn't necessarily saw the, the yield differences in, in that year. So 2021 was kind of a bust. It was an unresponsive uh, year to the yields were unresponsive to added nitrogen and proteins were really high. So really gave us no information whatsoever to suggest some of the varieties should be fertilized differently. Hall says in 2020, things were different. They saw a good response with AC Metcalf, which is normally lower yielding, reaching its maximum sooner than other varieties such as Synergy, which is what he was hoping to see. And likewise, the proteins were different too. Metcalf got higher proteins than the other two varieties, and it's more responsive, increasing its protein more rapidly than the other varieties as well. 
that was exactly what I was hoping we would see. Because this means that at a given nitrogen rate, Metcalf is going to have more protein. And it means that it's going to reach a, a maximum where it's not going to be accepted earlier. So it needs to be fertilized with less nitrogen relative to the higher yielding malt varieties. So let's let's just take 12.5% as the maximum protein we want to aim for for malt here. So we reached that with Metcalf at 115 pounds of soil plus applied nitrogen. In contrast, Synergy, we don't reach that 12.5% protein until we've put down 150 pounds of nitrogen per acre of soil plus fertilizer N. So the background nitrogen is 40 pounds on average. So basically what I'm saying here is we're applying 75 pounds to Metcalf, and that's when we max out the protein, and then it takes 110 pounds to uh, Synergy to max out the protein. That's just a portion of Mike's presentation. You'll be able to view his full presentation on the Saskatchewan Agriculture website in the coming days. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Farm Forum Learn and Grow event takes place virtually this year, December 7th. Visit the Farm Forum website for details or to register. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting annual district meetings December 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This will be done in a virtual format Get the details on the CAP website. The Manitoba Ag Museum near Austin is hosting a winter wonderland December 10th to the 12th and again from the 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. Enjoy sleigh rides, bonfires, Christmas light displays and refreshments. Proof of vaccination for guests age 12 and up is required. The entry fee is $10 per family. And the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th in an online setting. Details at CanadianFGA.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the World Percheron Congress is coming to the Keystone Centre in Brandon next summer. Donna Swanson is a co-chair of the event and president of the Canadian Percheron Association. She chatted with reporter Betty Swatsky. Next July, from the 18th to the 23rd, uh, the Manitoba Perchon Belgian Club is hosting the World Perchon Congress uh, at the Keystone Centre in Brandon. So, um, I guess maybe a little bit of the background. How did you manage to uh, land that? It's actually an event that typically uh, alternates between uh, the U.S. and Canada. There has been uh, a couple of congresses held overseas, one in England and one in France. And I believe uh, they plan on hosting one overseas uh, in the near future. But it was just an application. Uh, The last time the event was held in uh, the States, we applied to be able to host the the next Congress, and that will happen next summer in July of 2022. And how exciting is it to bring something of that caliber to to the Keystone Center, to Brandon, to the Westman area? Oh, it's exciting. Anytime that we can uh, showcase our animals and our breed uh, to the general public and and to our neighbors, really, uh, it's it's exciting, and to be able to compete against some of the best in the world, uh, it's going to be a terrific event.
So when you look at competition, um, what does that look like in this breed? Because they're, they're more of a, is it a heavy horse? They're a draft horse, yep. One of the, uh, the three main draft horse breeds. Uh, they will be shown on halter. So that will be your breeding stock judged basically on confirmation. So the, the way the animal looks, the way that they're put together. Um, and it will showcase the, the breeding of specific breeders across the country. Uh, they also are shown uh, in hitches. So they'll either be shown like anything from a single cart up to an eight-horse hitch. I guess the um, the bringing in of, of all these, I can only imagine. What is the size, what, what kind of an event, size-wise, number-wise, do you see coming in uh, typically? We hope to see between four and 600 horses uh, come from across North America. I mean, COVID, COVID will probably play a role in that. Hopefully that is long behind us come July of next year, but... Uh, we expect horses from right across Canada as well as the, the U.S. Okay. Now, putting on an event like this, I'm, I'm sure it takes a lot of hands to make the work light, and even then it's, there's a lot of work to do. Is there a call-out to volunteers? Are there folks who are maybe are more horse-savvy or this is just really, you know, piquing their interest? Is there is there a need for volunteers in this kind of thing? For sure. I mean, we've got a core group of people that are putting the uh, the show on and have been planning for the last four years. Uh, to get the event going, but come the time of the show, we will need people to help out. So, I mean, if there's there's individuals out there that are familiar with the draft horse breed or or just w- would like to help us out, I'm sure that we could find some sort of a a job to fill. Is there a place that they can call to contact? It would be contacting you, or is there a committee in place? They can uh, look on our webpage, World Perch and Congress. Uh, 2022.ca. We're just really excited to be able to showcase um, horses from our own province as well as actually from across Canada. The the last Congress was held in Des Moines and actually there was quite a few people came to that one from Manitoba and we were well represented but quite often the Congresses are held further afield and the Canadians don't get to them. So it's it's going to be exciting for us to be able to showcase our animals here in this province. That was Donna Swanson, president of the Canadian Percheron Association. She's also co-chair of the World Percheron Congress, which is coming to Brandon's Keystone Centre next summer. Donna was chatting with reporter Betty Swatsky. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Livestock producers have received details of the previously announced herd management drought assistance program under agri-recovery. The program will help livestock producers offset the costs associated with replacing breeding animals called due to shortages of winter feed. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. The fact that there's going to be some support to get back up to that pre-drought inventory and of breeding stock uh, will be really important for the overall herd here in the province and and all food producers are going to take a look at it and and see how it can can help them whether from a buyback standpoint or from a genetics retention standpoint. Application is a two-step process which starts with producers submitting their pre-drought and drought affected inventories of breeding females. Forms will be available in January. U.S. cash prices for hogs are coming under pressure, as they typically do for this time of year. Tyler Fulton is with Ham's Marketing Services. Moving through the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday is typically when we associate the seasonal load to come in. 
just related to the fact that that's when the highest, you know, the highest production levels come in. That's a bit of a concern. The way it kind of breaks down is, you know, for the hogs in the United States that, that aren't on a committed and contracted program, they're taking the biggest hit in price. But for those that aren't, they're, they're still making some reference to the value of pork that the packers sell. And therefore, they, they've been kind of cushioned from some of those deep cuts. He notes forward hog contract prices have come under a bit of pressure, but still represent really good value for the first half of 2022. And it's a big week for the seven regional finalists in Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers program. The program recognizes young producers ages 18 to 39 who exemplify excellence in Canadian agriculture. Producers are nominated within the seven regions. Finalists moving on to compete for the national title. Here's program manager Carla Kading. In Manitoba, we have Andre and Katie Stepler from Miami, Manitoba, and they work with Andre's two brothers, and they look after the mixed, specifically the purebred cattle. They run a number of Charlie, and so they look after the the livestock part of it. The couples meet with the judging panel this week and will make their final presentations tomorrow prior to the official award presentation. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on Stats Canada's latest production reports. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.